Blog Talk Radio. Um, 
And what we found was there was some very slow adoption in 2010 in the cloud. But um, starting in late 2010, people started really talking about it a lot, a lot of buzz about the cloud and the virtualization. And so we did some virtualization in 2010, and then we started talking about, you know, how can we use the cloud to leverage this virtualization from a disaster recovery and business continuity perspective. Um, and that's kind of how I got into it. I, I, you know, I took a leap of faith and, 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 and really said, this is the direction IT is going. And, and I look back now uh, three years later and I say, you know, I made the right decision three years ago, and, and it is the direction we're going. I read an article yesterday that, that uh, 13% of small businesses, and that's under 500 employees, are, are actually implemented uh, um, uh, the cloud services. But 41% right now are in the process of piloting it, and 70% are in the process of evaluating the services and how it could affect their business. So I feel very comfortable where we're positioned today and how we can uh, not only help our clients and increase uh, uptime and increase uh, business continuity um, for our clients as well as, as you know, drive revenue for my company. So, you know, Steve, I find that, uh, you know, you know the, lead, the leaders in the world that are adopting technology three or four years behind, be ahead you know, would you say you would you call yourself a, like sitting on the bleeding edge here, or are you, uh, uh, you know, what 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 made you besides uh, you know the cool technology? You know, are you getting a lot of demand from your clients today on uh, on virtualization and cloud solutions? And what does it look? What's the what's the real world say out there? Yeah, you know, every new client I'm walking into is asking about the cloud, and we're having to distinguish between um, some of the mainstream advertising that's out there um, uh, that's saying the cloud's, you know, $69 a month and uh, it's cheaper. Um, and and every new prospect I walk into is uh, is asking about the cloud. Um, and usually what we do is we talk realistic with them is that, that the cloud is not a cost-saving model. Cloud is a, um, a model that allows for better operational efficiencies. And that's the key thing with the cloud is that you have, it, it, it's, it's not about saving money. It's about increasing your operational efficiencies. In terms of being bleeding edge, I think if you asked me that question early last year, I'd say absolutely. Um, today, uh, I've got a lot of other MSPs that are competing against me. The big differentiator between myself, IS support, and the com com competitors I'm going against is most competitors have gone out and built their own little private cloud, and they've got one SAN, maybe two SANs if they're lucky, a couple of hosts, and they're trying to take the approach of, you know, build it and they will come. And um, and that's expensive and also really leverages a company and exposes them financially. And what I've done is I've partnered with a service provider, ILAN that is, that allows me to buy what I need, use what I need, and not have to make that cash outlay to, to get where I want to be long term. So I mean, you, we went to to um, Island's office last week in Houston, and uh, you know they got a you know the uh, good good thing going on there. They're VMware Global Partner of the Year, and uh, you know a lot of stuff happening. You know, what did that you know what, the, again? We're talking about server virtualization today, but what what was the driving factor to choose a company like Island uh, other than costs? Related to you know, instead of building your own data center. 
Uh, yeah, it's a very good question. Um, I looked at the cost of doing my own data center, and for me to get a couple racks and the hardware to do so was going to be about a half million dollar investment. Um, I could have gone that route and and leveraged the company. Um, what I decided to do is say, you know, that's not my core business. Not my core business is not infrastructure as a service. Um, that is something that you know uh, utility companies do. And what I want to sell is the business tone to the to 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 the customer, the end user. What I mean by the business tone is they want email, and that's an email tone. They want um, some kind of line of business tone. They want a um, a uh, file sharing, a print sharing tone. It's all to me about tone. It's all about dial tone going back 20 years. You know, 20 years ago you could only buy a dial tone from AT&T. Today. You want all these different tones for your business, and it could be email, it could be accounting, financial, it could be uh, uh, service-oriented, it could be any number of, of uh, tones that you need. And when I looked at the investment to get there, and I said, you know, let's, you know, I'm an outsourcing business. Let's see what an outsourcing company can do that, you know, for for me instead of actually building it myself, and then taking the challenges of supporting that. So I went out and looked at Rackspace. I looked at Terramark. I looked at the plan at the time. I, um, they've changed their name. They've been bought. And there wasn't many cloud service providers in 2009. Um, today you can throw a rock and hit 10 of them. Um, and uh, um, in 2009 there were very few. ILAN, one of, the, one of the key criteria for me was they're Houston-based. I can drive to their office in an hour or really 15 minutes. Um, the other thing was is that they had data centers all over the country, so I could I could bring up servers in Boston or um, Virginia or California or Dallas, and that was another uh, differentiator. The third thing was at the time Rackspace was primarily selling you a physical server in a colo, and you were renting that server, and I didn't really that didn't seem to gain. Much because I could do that myself. I could go out and partner with a, some host provider and do the same exact thing and buy my own my, buy my own rack space. What I wanted was the ability to buy RAM, CPU, hard drive space, transfer, you know, basically bandwidth, and be able to be able to bundle that into a solution with support and software that said, Mr. Customer, you're going to pay this amount per month, and everything's all in. You don't have to worry about anything else. Oh, by the way, Windows 2000, Windows Server 2013 comes out. You get it. You've already got it. You get an upgrade right now, and you get all the benefits that that provides. Um, on top of that, you get all the best backup and disaster recovery that is available in the industry today. So that was kind of the the driving force around uh, picking Island at the time. Um, today, I still continue to evaluate other cloud providers. Um, and I, I have not found one. Like I talked to uh, one yesterday, and I've not found one that's better than Island. It's, it's they are, they are the, the cream of the crop in terms of, of cloud service providers and virtualization technology. See, guys, can you can you expand on this a little bit more? Why uh, Island was why why Island was important to you guys? You know, what what, was the, what does that criteria look like when you uh, when you brought them on board? Well, um, you know, again on the. On the, uh, the you know, Rackspace is the one that I looked at most intensely because they were the, kind of the leader, and then the Planet was the second one I looked at most closely because again they were they were kind of a Houston-based and, and and still had a good 
uh, 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 national presence. And what they were basically doing was buying Dell or HP servers. And, you know, they're buying a two or $3,000 server and then putting together a rental model that, that you know, was affordable, $100, $200, $300 a month. Putting that in good colo, good HVAC, good uh, Internet, good, uh, you know, backup uh, electricity. Um, and all they were doing was selling you a co-located server on a rental-based model. And to me, you know, that was great. I mean, that was, would have been wonderful five, ten years ago. Uh, and they'd been doing it for a while. But what I wanted was I wanted redundant SANs. I wanted redundant hosts. I wanted all the features of VMware on a rental model with the VMware licensing built into it so that if one host went down that, you know, in two to five minutes, I'm demotioned over to another host and I'm up and running. You know, if one SAN went down, you know, I've got redundant SANs that are allowing me to, um, you know, continue to operate at no, you know, no downtime. Um, I also wanted a partner that could provide uh, disaster recovery, specifically recovery point objective and reco recovery time objective that were in the one to two hour time frame. And, you know, if you look at five years ago to get re recovery uh, point objective of one hour was virtually impossible. And if it was possible, it was, you know, a million, two million, three million dollars. Recovery time objectives of 15 and 30 minutes were, you know, again, virtually impossible and were, um, uh, again, extremely expensive. Today, I can provide recovery time objectives of 15 minutes using double take technology, vision solutions uh, at double take, and um, and then and then recovery point objectives of about an hour. So the, the the clients lost maybe an hour of data in a full outage, and they're back up and running full network functionality in 15 to 30 minutes, and that was a real driving force because. Um, at the time, in two, late 2009, um, there was no vendor out there that I could find that was, do, was offering that type of solution. And that, that was probably one of the biggest driving forces because, you know, putting a server into a data center, into a colo, and spinning it up and running it has been around for years. We've been doing that since 2002, in fact, since 97 when I, you know, started with um, my, the previous company I worked for. Um, that wasn't new technology. But offering the disaster recovery components and the business continuity components that, that Island allows me to do. You know, we're talking, we can go to four nines. That is seven hours of downtime a year, 7.6 to be in fact. Um, we can go to four nines. Now, that that's cost more, and that has ramifications on, on business operations in terms of how things are done, but, but we can get to that level. And to be able to say that, you know, you go back to your auditor or your insurance company saying that we've got this guarantee, we've got this SLA in place, you know, of nine, four nines of uptime um, is a very powerful statement and usually exceeds all of the regulations and insurance requirements that any company falls under. Well, that's, that's, that's huge, Steve. That will be, um, you know, that kind of set the... That's at the cornerstone for our discussion around virtualization because, you know, virtualization to me looks like it's a business continuity play. It's a cost, uh, you know, the cost management uh, strategy. It's uh, efficiency of the workplace uh, type of uh, model. There's lots of things around virtualization. Now, you as a company have settled in on VMware. 
why why was VM why is VM more strategic for the success of IS support or the uh, your IS support company? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, we started we did our first VMware implementation in probably early 2008, and we quickly realized the power of it. We did some Hyper-V um, uh, implementations also in 2008, and we compared and contrast the features and benefits. And you're, you're basically talking about Hyper-V. Hyper-V is a great tool, low cost. Um, that, you know, I'm a Microsoft partner. I have nothing bad to say about Hyper-V. Um, what happens is is that the 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 business continuity component and the reliability of Hyper-V is not to the same level as the VMware ESX. Um, ESX provides um, an incredibly robust uh, platform where you know if a server were to have a failure, and I'm talking about a physical host were to have a failure, vMotion can kick in and move that box to another physical host in three to five minutes. And Hyper-V's best ability to do that is, is you know, 30 to 45 minutes. And, and that really was a distinguishing factor because I could walk into a client, small client, you know, you could take larger ones, but this it's, it scales accordingly. You walk into a client, put two hosts in, one SAN in, and say, if this physical host goes down, you're down for three to five minutes and everything's moved over, and you've lost zero data, maybe 30 seconds of data, but for the most part, zero data. And um, Hyper-V really didn't scale that level. We've got a couple clients that run Hyper-V. It works. Um, the functionality is there from their, from what they want from a business, but they don't get the features of the VMware um, business continuity or high availability module. The high availability module or vMotion in in um in VMware has um really distinguished itself. Uh we have not done anything with the uh Citrix uh uh Zen products um so I could not speak in, uh well about those products. Uh, we do do a lot of Citrix Zen app but we have not done any of their virtualization. So we we really compared VMware to Microsoft and found that my, VMware is the um, really the superior product. A couple other things on that is right now IS support is in the process of becoming an enterprise-level uh, VMware partner, and that will really give us the ability to leverage some of the new technologies that come out in VMware 5, specifically SRM 5.0, which is, um, is the Site Replication Manager, and that is one that will uh, allow for host-based replication, so that will eliminate the need for identical SAMs on either side and allow for uh, a company to come in and say, you know, I, got ten ser I have 10 servers and I only want to replicate these two out to the cloud into some kind of public cloud. And if something happens to those two, I want to spin those up and have a re recovery point objective of, you know, uh, 15 to 30 minutes. This is a brand new technology that came out in late December for from VMware. Um, the uh, the other kind of key component that's going on is is that um, we're we're finding that um, right now 50% of businesses have virtualized their environment, and and 80% of those businesses are using VMware, and um, there's a reason behind that. You know, VMware is bringing a superior product to market. Um, there's definitely a couple competitors, and even some beyond Citrix, Microsoft, and VMware, and I. And I, I'm, off the top of my head, I do not know those names, but um, 
80% of the current virtualizations out there is VMware-based, they're doing something right. We just came back from VMware Partner Exchange in um, in Vegas uh, about three weeks ago, and you had some major developments coming in. VMware has uh, had a huge push in uh, into the SMB market, so under 1,000 employees, and they took one thing I knew I was on the right track is they took their key enterprise executive and put them over the SMB division. And that means that's their initiative. You take someone off their management team and move them from the enterprise down the SMB, that's where they're focusing. And that's exactly where we're focusing as well. So, Steve, that's a good point because I'm sure there's a lot of MFPs out there listening to our program today who are thinking that, you know, VMware, that's an enterprise or corporate America type solution, you know, I'm going to go and hang out with Hyper-V because it's a small business uh, focused solution. You know, and there may be some truth to that, but, you know, VMware also scales very nicely to the small business market. Uh, and obviously, you know, VMware is throwing a lot of uh, dollars and strategy behind uh, getting into the small business market. Is there anything else you can uh, share from your, you know, what you've learned about VMware pushing this into the SMB space? Yeah, um, one thing is, is that, you know, VMware, I think it was approximately two, maybe three years ago, rolled out a free version of their tool set. Now, it's very watered down, and it, the time was called ESXi. And a lot of small businesses are deploying that because it allows for a single server with a lot of resources on it to run multiple virtual servers. And we've got a few clients doing that, and we continue to sell that type of business. Um the the advent of VMware five or you know vSphere five point um, you know you you've got a new pricing model that is allows for an SMB to take on the VMware um, professional version, which is about a thousand dollars a host, and get some of the high availability modules uh, that that you know we're we're talking about here, um, and what VMware is realizing is, is that you know the large companies, the Fortune 500s, they've made their decision. They 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 are either doing VMware, or they're or they're doing something else, or they're continuing to stay physical because we do have some of the large companies that are staying physical. Um, but uh, the one the the real growth for VMware is in that small business market, and they continue to. Uh, redesign and, and reinvigorate their channel program to focus on the small business environment, and that is that is something that you know every vendor, every manufacturer out there has come to the realization they target the Fortune 500, Fortune 1000, get a foothold, and then move down in that SMB environment. They have to completely redesign their channel in that process. So if you if you had to choose um, again, knowing what you know today, you would, you would still be very comfortable with VMware. Oh yeah, um, you know there are rare situations where Hyper-V makes sense. Um, you know uh, there there is still a cost, and if you compare apples to apples, the cost is about the same for VMware versus Hyper-V. Um, but the features and functionalities you get out of VMware are far superior to any product I've done any research on, um, uh, you know, especially if you start to factor in Acronis and DoubleTake into the designs of VMware, you get some incredibly reliable, high available, highly available environments. And uh, the biggest problem today that, 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 that 
at the SMB environments uh, facing is our servers are up, but what do we do with our people? So we have a disaster. We lose our office, you know, loss of location type issue. Where do we put our people to go work? So we've now technologies leaped ahead of the logistics of running a business um, where we're able to, you know, bring the servers up in a, an environment that they're up and running, emails being received, um, corporate corporate uh, data is being inputted from the field service people to our field service people, but the actual people in the office don't know what to do. So what we're able to do now is we're coming in and designing disaster recovery um, or really documenting disaster recovery uh, logistics to say, okay, you got 50 people in the office and you got 20 CSRs that are answering phone calls from either inbound from clients or, or field technicians, and we're able to put them in homes and um, Starbucks and temporary space or wherever it is so they can then continue to work. So the technology's actually out, outperformed the logistics of how a business handles the disaster. And that's become an interesting problem. And we're having, we're having weekly conversations with clients and new clients about how they're going to handle um, the logistics of placing their people in the right spots so they can actually work. Because today, some people are still on dial-up, some you know, home users are on dial-up, or they've got very unreliable broadband. And they don't even have the device that can support what they need to do. And I've got a client right now, they've got about 350 field technicians and about 100 office workers. And we've spent probably six, six months documenting that if that building were to burn down, you know, you know knock on wood, um, what do they do? They've got serve, uh, workstations in, in uh, fireproof safes off-site. They've got procedures that everybody pulls out, managers pull, pull out. And, and that's where we're finding there's a huge opportunity for MSPs is to come in and do the business consulting on the virtual environment to say, okay, yeah, your servers are up. How do you get your people up? Cool. Now, you know, if you talk about, uh, you know, talk about reliable broadband, you know, the, uh, you know, I've been out for about, uh, a day and a half and the guy just got everything up and running. You know, it was just something as simple as a, it was a, it was a cable problem in the basement, you know. So these are, some things we have, these are some of the things we have to deal with. And if it happens in residential, it could happen in business as well. So we have like three minutes left, you know, um, What's your one golden tip you can give to an IT service company that wants to look at, you know, starting a VR a virtualization practice uh, today, Steve? Oh, uh, the don't be afraid of the unknown. Um, everybody that has started an MSP had an entrepreneurial spirit at one time, and we tend to fall into some comfort zones. And the technology is changing so fast with the advent of virtualization, the the pad-like devices, the the uh, the, the the decline of uh, the Windows desktop uh, that we know. Don't be afraid to go try new things, and be aware there's going to be failures along the way. But learn from those failures and adjust. Second is proceduralize and put process around your business. If you sell business, you should know from the time the business the business is signed off on to the time it's implemented what your process looks like. Who does what? 
those are the two kind of key components I can say is be open-minded to new technology and new services and make sure you have process and procedure to handle and run your business. So some great advice from, uh, you know, from Steve there about, uh, you know, uh, being an IT service provider and MSP in today's world and, you know, going after safety, you know, that's so true. You know, we sometimes we let our uh, fears stop us from doing what we should be doing, but that, you know, you got sometimes you got to jump right in. So in order to, you know, if you want to learn more, reach out to Steve, uh, you can visit his uh, website at ifsupport.com. That's ifsupport.com. He's in Houston. But I know Steve, I can speak for him, he's very open to speaking to IT service providers and MSPs around the world who uh, want to learn more from you. Know, but, uh, you know, Steve, I want to thank you for uh, you know, taking some time out of your morning. I know you're on, uh, en route to Dallas there. We'll see a very important client of yours. But thanks for uh, thanks for doing this with us today. Hey, thanks, Stuart. Really appreciate the time. Yeah, great. So, Steve, again, visit his uh, company website, ifsupport.com. You know, feel free to reach out to him. You know, pick his brain if you need to. And uh, you know the and you come back and visit us on the MSC show down here in, uh, in the future or here you know every week or every bi- or biweekly we talk about different things uh, and things that impact the MSP world and my name is Stuart Crawford and I run a company called Ulistic and we help uh, you know we help you guys as MSPs just get to that next level so if you, you know you're if you need some help and you know with virtualization or marketing or sales you know give us a shout at, and visit us at ulistic.com u l i f t i c dot com u l i f t i c dot com don't forget to visit Steve's uh, company site at issupport.com. We'll look more than happy to uh, to touch base with you, and I'm sure we'll uh, we'll see each other down the road. Again, this is Stuart Crawford signing off for the MFP Show for this week. Thanks again, Steve, and all the best. <laughs>